0: everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
1: And this is Scott Galloway.
0: Happy Valentine's Day, Scott. I deeply it's adore you. It's night.
1: I was wondering if you were going to remember. <laughs> I don't. I Happy was wondering Val- if I you were going to remember. I bought you nothing.
0: Remember. I bought you nothing whatsoever. Although my son did an amazing thing for his girlfriend. I can't talk about it right now. He's bringing it to her. Like my son yeah. is the best Valentine's Day for his girlfriend, but I did not. I was thinking I'd made no effort for you but here well, we are so,
1: okay so I bought you a valentine's card and the only problem uh-huh. was I ran out of space writing on the front and the back and I had to buy another <laughs> card <laughs> one those from, letters yeah that's right I just <laughs> ran out of tiny space tiny little writing articulating little the ways writing. that I appreciate and love the jungle cat <laughs> <laughs> that's right
0: Listen, I think this is literally
1: one of the worst holidays in the world. This all this is is downside. Really? This is literally just yeah. a, a series of disappointment. I'm not a big fan it's of it. it's like no 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 don't do anything. We don't want to do anything. It's not important. And then you don't actually don't do anything. And yeah, boy are you in I trouble? Agree. I agree. Boy it's are a faux you a
0: I don't. I don't like the whole thing. I don't think there was a devastating piece. In the, speaking of uh, sort of dating and stuff like that, in the New York Times, they did a video about a woman in China and who didn't want to get married, and they're called leftover women. I mean, the whole thing, all the little romance stuff is really disturbing to a lot of people. Um, Listen to me. You were in New
1: Orleans? I was. So I've officially become an old man. I was speaking down Mm -hmm. there, and I thought, you know, I'm going to take the day, and I'm going to do a self-guided tour of the Garden District, go (laughs) see the World War II Museum. I'm literally 105. And yeah. I had a fantastic time. It's a wonderful place. And I've decided that Louie, your son, is going go yeah. to go to Tulane. And me, James okay. Carvell, and Louie are going to start the world's worst fraternity. And people will come oh over. People God. will come over. Jim will be like, it's about private <laughs> power. We have a mall <laughs> it." Professor Galloway okay. is going to mix us all up some mint juleps. Let's, I not, am not, let's getting, not count the near, points before we'd have an Either of you.
0: They, it, it's not a, Actually, that would be funny. That would be somewhat funny. So We would be good in, in your
1: group. There's so yeah. few people you can mock now. He's a seven-year-old white man that went to LSU, so I can yeah. mock him. I can absolutely yeah, can. like him.
0: He's saying some things. He's getting some notice. Suddenly he popped up. Like, oh, that like guy's a, a
1: gangster. That guy he is, is so he doesn't good. Give a, he
0: Talk about not uh, Honey Badger, don't He's, give a just, shit. Oh, there my God.
1: Go. And his analogies <laughs> make no sense, but they sound so yeah. powerful. He's like, you don't know what a hush pup is at a Waffle House. <laughs> and you're like, that makes no sense, <laughs> but he sounds smart. <laughs> he sounds smart. He's like, of course you don't. <laughs> well, what the fuck does that mean? Of course you uh, don't. We'll
0: see. We'll see uh, where Louis makes college good. decision. But he, I like to, he's, he is in Tulane, so. Well, Tulane, okay, first happy. off,
1: your son is a, right. a wonderful cook and he's into it. Mm-hmm. Tulane, I mean, yeah, New Orleans, great food city, right? I know. No,
0: it's called New Orleans. New New
1: Orleans. New Orleans. And then, uh, and then a fantastic Tulane is a you know great baseball team and a great medical school, which is kind of the one-two punch. Yeah, of neither a, which of which is But okay,
0: sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Like, Lu- Louise makes his own decisions. I like to call him sometimes. Ooh, Louise Listen, We in get
1: Louisiana.
0: To- <laughs> Louis, Louis, Louis. Listen. Yeah. We have to talk about Amazon. It's like all yeah, over the news. I'm going right. yeah. to count a couple things. But first of all, Jeff Bezos bought the most expensive house in Los Angeles, which is Jack Warner's former estate that was owned by David Geffen. Yeah. It's the Warner, old Jack Warner estate. Secondly, um, it announced it was finally owed some taxes. It said it would pay over Yay. $1 million in federal income taxes. New tax rate of
1: 0.01%. Um, <laughs> all
0: right. And then... Thirdly, uh, you know Jeff was all over the Oscars and and yeah. is still making big. Uh, obviously, he's spending going to be spending a lot of time in Los Angeles, even though he owns many properties. And then the Jedi decision, one of them, the stay, uh, his fight with Trump over the the uh, the Defense Department contract that Amazon lost to Microsoft, which it had won allegedly, um, and and t- Trump put his thumb on the on the thing. That's coming down this week. And then its PR person, Jay Carney, wrote a piece in the in the. Um, and the New York Times op-ed page was sort of a PR ad for Amazon and how what a good city you should take our goodness and shove it down your throat because we're so good. And then he he had a meltdown on Twitter, which was somewhat when journalists well, how did questioned he what his What did he piece. do? What
1: did he say? Well,
0: he had said that Bernie he started with Bernie Sanders called to thank Jeff Bezos for the fifteen dollars, and everyone was like, "You might want to point out the fifteen dollar wage uh, uh, minimum wage increase." And he, it, he, everyone was took exception with the fact that. They thought that Bernie Sanders' pressure had had been brought to bear there, and then he was denying it, and then he started insulting reporters for being Brooklyn hipsters, and then it just was—it was untoward for a PR person. He should have put the put the Twitter down. Uh, right. It was very late at night, so I'm not sure what was going on, but he just couldn't stop and started really attacking. Well, we have
1: experience with Aaron tweets him. from the reporters yes. at 11:30 p.m. Yes. We know what that's yes. like. <laughs> we know what so that's text. like
0: text is what i do i do not tweet at you listen to me yeah. um so anyway let's start with the hollywood thing so yeah. he's bought this thing we don't usually talk about people's houses but this is this is a big old i'm staying here in la his 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 girlfriend is from la um has a lot of businesses there you know obviously he's moved his operations down there it seems like and this this purchase which was a massive purchase what talk a little bit about streaming and what he's you know what do you think he's doing even though his real business is, is retail up in uh up in uh up in Seattle.
1: So this was the Jack Warner estate, the most powerful man in Hollywood, nine acres, nine acres in Beverly Hills. And it's just so metaphorically rich. It's literally, you know, falling off the tree here. And that is the most powerful force now and the most powerful individual in Hollywood seen as a place that had somewhat of a moat from zeros and ones and processing power because of the culture of creativity and kind of the unique secret sauce. It's enabled a region, Los Angeles to largely have a monopoly over A global industry, unlike any region's ability to master monopoly over the world, maybe with the exception of San Francisco and processing power, which the entire world uses. But you have now – Jeff Bezos is the most powerful man – in Hollywood, and if you look at Amazon Prime Video, which came out, I think, in 2011, and, and until then, Netflix had had it all to themselves, it's it's really paying off for them because it looks, on the face of it, like a $7 billion a year kind of a rational purchase. They haven't had a lot of Emmys. A lot of people have sort of mocked the service. But there's such genius in this move, Kara, because... The NPS scores are the loyalty that people feel for e-commerce companies or internet services. It's negative with internet services. It's marginal with e-commerce companies. But the NPS scores on streaming video services is really huge because there's storytelling yeah. and it's emotional. And you think, well, I love Homeland, so I like Showtime. Well, I love Game of Thrones, so I like HBO. And since they have launched Amazon Prime Video, the renewal rates or the retention rates Excuse. on their yeah, SaaS-like Prime program yeah. has gone from 78 to 92%. So well, it's
0: very—I it, It's. I do it more for the delivery. You know, it's a good deal. It's a good deal in terms of what you're, whatever you're doing with them. What was interesting about this is—besides that is there was a—we'll get to the taxes in a minute, but it, uh, they, there was a great piece about actual how many taxes they actually pay. But it, one of the things that was most interesting in it was the, um, the retail business is not very good, and they're not very good compared to other retail businesses. They're fine. They're, like, right. in the same margins. But their AWS and some of their entertainment stuff is much more— uh, possibility of being a bigger margin business. And, um, you know, it was it was fascinating that, you know, this is where they've moved when actually their core business is one with very tight margins, with very tight margins and, and difficult, which they try to help out with technology, but it's still not, they aren't hanging the moon quite as much as people thought. So this is, this move is critically important, I think, for them.
1: Well, they're not. Uh, my colleague at NYU, I the motor and who's arguably pff, the most impressive Teacher in the world right now has always said that Amazon is an e-commerce company. It's not a cloud company. It's a disruption platform. And that is through great execution, uh, unparalleled access to capital and very visionary, you know, disciplined strategy. They find categories ripe for disruption and they use their flywheel Mm -hmm. effect to spin into that category. And if you look at, Mm -hmm. if you look at video, if they can get an incremental 14% renewal rate on the 70 million households that have them, that translates To another couple, just about three billion dollars a year in incremental revenue with a SaaS like multiple, that's ten or fifteen billion dollars in market capitalization. And then if you look at the fact that prime users uh, spend an average of eight hundred dollars more, and you look twelve, you know twelve. Twelve million times eight hundred bucks, that's an incremental ten billion. You sign a lower multiple to that, two to three, you're looking at forty to fifty billion dollars in accretion before you take into effect the flywheel of Amazon Media Group and more vendors on the platform. So it's just amazing this notion. I just can't I just can't wrap my head around the notion. That this entire industry of Hollywood and media and content, literally the pride and joy and the kind of running commercial and an unbelievable juggernaut of an industry, hundreds of billions of value, cultural influence like no other industry in the world, is being featureized as an accessory to yes, sell to more sell handsets paper. and toilet paper. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, just... Um, my mind is blown, Carol. My mind is, is blown. It is.
0: I, I told you about my conversation with Jill Solow about this. I'm like, you're selling toilet paper, just FYI. It it's like amazing. the old days when they would— t- The beginning of TV was that, though, right? The The sponsors were these— Toilet paper or whatever, whatever they were selling, Palmolive or whatever. But, um, what's interesting about this is is Jeff's being in Hollywood. He seems to be enjoying it personally. I mean, there's, there is oh, this whole fatal, so? fatal, fatal, fatal so? attraction to Hollywood. You know what I mean? Sony yeah, and others. No. So could that be a problematic, like, as he starts to, like, <sighs> this house is very metaphorical. But, boy, <sighs> y- y- you sort of worry a little bit for him because so many other big companies have gone there and gotten their, you know, Whether
1: whether it was the Japanese in the 80s buying Columbia Pictures and losing 75 cents on the dollar, whether it was half my single buddies – uh, and some of them recently divorced in the '90s who got lucky at AOL and thought they were geniuses and said, "I know I'm going to move to LA by a Porsche, be a movie producer, and try and sleep with actresses." Right. Who then realized it lost half their net worth in like five years and then left LA. LA is the land of broken dreams for the most part. You know, it's just not. Yeah. So for what do you people, think about
0: this? What do you think? He's he's, well, he's got the, the money. He's,
1: he's got the money to break a lot of dreams. I mean, have you basically right. when you're a movie producer, it means one of two things: you're Jeff Bezos or your father is Larry Ellison. It's now become the place. Ground for people who are willing to lose a ton of money because other than the real pros at this, Disney, you know, there are some real pros at this. Uh, it, it's a very difficult business. It is over invested. It's like nightclubs or restaurants or any other passion business. There's too much capital, which drives down returns. So all the yeah. all the good stuff is soaked up by a few players.
0: Speaking of money, Amazon is also caught in a war with the Trump administration when it lost the JEDI contract, which was a big giant contract with the Defense Department for Advanced Technologies. Uh, it was awarded to Microsoft, but Amazon is disputing that decision. Amazon has many other uh, contracts with the federal government, but this was a big one. There was one with the CIA, AWS does. Um, so what 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 is this? And like this will be they'll decide whether they're going to stay the 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 deployment by Microsoft, which won the award. But this uh, this I think he got a real up this week when Trump meddled in the Justice Department because their whole narrative is Trump meddles. You know, so he meddled in Ukraine and now he meddled with uh, with the with the Roger Stone case uh, with his with his henchman um, Igor. uh, I mean Bill Barr. and so, you know, he's got a good narrative here of meddlesome, and the government is trying to say it's because of national security. They've got a rush, when in fact it was the government, especially Trump, who slowed down the whole process. So it's an interesting thing. I think he's being super aggressive with this lawsuit, and it's linked to The Washington Post and everything else. So it's it, it's real money for Amazon if it starts to lose some of these contracts under Trump um, as opposed to what's going on here. And then these taxes thing. So talk a little bit about the taxes. Um they 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 made a blog post that we we played we pay taxes and Jay Carney's piece was presumably we provide jobs don't be mean to us you know we're a better corporate citizen than you think. That was what that piece essentially said. And this, this talking about a billion dollars in federal income tax, uh, more than $2.4 billion in other federal taxes, including payroll taxes and custom dues, which they have to pay. It's too bad. Everybody gets to pay them. Right. And then more than $1.6 billion in state and local taxes, including payroll taxes, property taxes, state income taxes, and gross tax receipts. Tell me what you think about what they're doing here.
1: I bet Target, and I'm almost positive this on this, I bet Target, FedEx... William Sonoma, a smaller retailer, Mm -hmm. and most definitely Walmart. I bet Walmart has paid, I know Walmart has paid over $70 billion in federal income tax in the last 10 years, and I bet Amazon has paid somewhere between one and three. I mean, and this is despite the fact that Amazon will add the value or has added the value, uh, the entire value of any of those retailers I just mentioned in a three-month period, in in a specific three-month period over the last five years. Amazon and big tech has overrun Um, Washington, uh, the IRS is overrun, and uh, their tax lawyers are smarter than our tax authorities. And we now have small and medium-sized business paying a disproportionate share of taxes to fund our Navy and our parks, such that Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google don't have to pay taxes. I mean, I I really are – Our taxes, you could argue taxes are too high. You could argue they're too low. I think there was a solid argument for why corporate tax rates should be brought down such that we didn't have these inversions where corporations were leaving the U.S. I think there was a solid argument there. But when they said that corporations were paying 35 percent, no, they were. Big tech was paying 21 percent. And now the average tax rate on big tech is 12 percent. So
0: why are they doing this? They're trying to push back these narratives of being a bad employer and being a bad taxpayer, essentially.
1: Because it's the same people that defended Bill Clinton, the other guy that was defending Bill Clinton is working for Goldman Sachs. So, you go to Washington, you you are under attack, you develop unbelievable skill set at taking incoming and then returning fire, and you go to work for the organizations that, that need, need the most Kevlar because they're the most aggressive or they're the most hated. So, the entire administration ends up at Facebook, Google, or Goldman Sachs. Tell me, it's like, show me where Sarah Huckabee Sanders ends up and I'll show you a company that's Probably bad for the world because that's who needs them. These probably people are figured out what they do.
0: Probably the state house of her state.
1: Oh, is she? I is that right. She's running for governor. Is that what you're saying?
0: Possibly, yeah.
1: But you she talked about Jedi. I mean, I, a couple of things. Yeah. So you talked about Jedi, and then I'm going to go back, just touch on the, the media right. end. I, I don't. I don't like. As you know, I, I'm not. A, I'm a pretty big critic of Amazon, and I think Microsoft has is, has is, become a little bit more cuddly and fair. And I don't know if that's fair to say they're more fair and cuddly, but because they're effectively a monopoly too. But Amazon really like gets me going. If I actually hope Amazon, the courts decide this, because if the courts don't, in some way, decide this, basically Donald Trump and Bill Barr have co-opted the law of the land, and mm-hmm. if, if that's happened. Daily. We're, and that's just Wednesday. I mean, essentially, yeah. essentially, kind of what America is about, and why we elect people and go through this process. I mean, the whole reason we go through this process is to elect people who are supposed to make laws. And if they make laws and then mm. they're not willing to enforce them, no,
0: it's a, it's a banana. It's, I
1: mean, this is really fr- it's kind of the most underreported story right now. So no one's talking about Bill Barr meddling and with Roger Stone? But oh, this yeah. is another example. If yeah, if all this of a sudden one, I'm gonna,
0: I'll be writing a column on it in the New York Times on This is yeah. this is where I am this on Amazon scary. side on this one. Hundred percent because. And, you know, I can't believe I'm backing this billionaire who, who I have lots of issues with. But this, in this case, it feels like— th- It's cooked. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is interesting. It's an interesting face-off that Amazon is sort of trying to navigate right now in that we pay taxes. We're not a bad person. Don't attack us. And at the same time, they are getting unfairly attacked by the Trump administration, what it seems like. Um, so it's kind of an, an interesting—it's uh, an interesting face-off between him and Trump and an interesting face-off between— uh, Bezos and sort of the media in terms of, and not just the media, but everybody in terms of their uh, corporate hegemony, essentially. So it's yeah. it's a fascinating it's a fascinating moment for this company
1: for sure. But just circling no back a little bit to uh, sure. put a bow on the media side, just to give you, I mean, just to. I love that saying. It's it's surprising how long things take and then shocking how fast they happen. In the streaming video mm-hmm. wars, the last 24 months, we've been in the shocking phase. And if you think about just – if you think about how much the landscape has changed just yeah. in the last 24 months, 24 months ago – and it, Netflix. Netflix. it was not only Netflix, but there was this new entrant that everyone was excited about, and they came to South by Southwest, and it was Meg Whitman, probably the one of the most yeah, accomplished yeah, and talented tech executives in history. Jeffrey Katzenberg, the iconic storyteller, and they raised, get this, a staggering $1 billion. Whitman, Katzenberg, a billion short-form video, disruptive. This thing— is dead on arrival because in the two years they've been trying to figure it out and explain the the non-strategy strategy strategy they have, everyone is coming and said, oh, well, that's cute, but we're spending $8 billion and we're preloading it on your phone. Oh, that's nice, but we're in the business of content and we just started Apple TV Plus and, oh, you can go to Galaxy's Edge. I mean, Quibi is literally dead before Mm -hmm. it's stillborn. It's literally dead on arrival. And I it, never
0: thought much of it. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know why these two knew a lot about young people. I, I'm sorry. I just was always like, hmm. It got mm, a lot of attention, video. though. It got a lot of attention.
1: I know, but attention. I was
0: like, I was always like, uh eh. Not so much. It is literally going to be I a have,
1: fly hitting the windshield of Apple, yeah. Amazon, and Disney who are able to have the distribution or able to yeah, monetize through changed. flywheel. Things change.
0: you We've got to move fast in this world, Scott. Wow. Speaking of, which, um, yeah. speaking of which, we have a couple more things very quickly. I want very quick reactions to this, very quick reactions to each okay. of these. Move I'm going to gonna do phone. quick ones because then we got to get to some other stuff. Yeah. One is SoftBank lost a lot of money off the Vision Fund but it and had a big multi-billion dollar quarterly loss because of it, but had a huge win this week after Sprint has approved the merger with T mobile Softbank made about 12 billion dollars this week courtesy of Sprints surging stock price mm. um, so uh, very quickly very gonna have short answers here okay uh what okay. do you think is this a big deal for them because they're losing everywhere else like they you know and there was a devastating story about um one of its investors at piF in Saudi Arabia and The Wall Street Journal about what an idiot investor he is essentially uh, especially get, sort of getting played by masasan in the in the vision fund but you know having lots of trouble there so what do you think?
1: Well, it touches on Brief. a few things. One, when the FTC and the DOJ have decided to finally look at smaller acquisitions because the consolidation that I constantly harp on yes. across big tech is happening across every industry, whether it's anti-plagiarizing software or food. It's just happening. Or syndicated research, you see a consolidation of power that is bad for private business, the economy, and job creation. And again, we have now four telcos going to three. So that's one externality of what's happening here. As it relates to SoftBank, I would argue SoftBank is um, a pretty good investment right now. If you're looking for something with more... Kind of modest upside, i'm not talking the kind of gains that we expect from venture back companies, but if you're looking at a ten to thirty percent gainer over the next twelve to twenty four months with limited downside, Softbank is actually a pretty good stock to own because the headline news there, the headline risk is so dramatic because Vision One Fund is just such a spectacle. But mm-hmm. the core business of Softbank is actually pretty strong, and even if they lose oh, all sixty billion dollars that they've invested yeah. in Uh, or excuse me, all $40 billion that they've invested in Vision Fund One, they're still fine. It's such a big company. It has so much. They still own a large portion of Alibaba. They own a big portion of Sprint, which is now their third largest telco. So if you're looking for a company that qualifies— I like your
0: counterthinking. You're a counterthinker. All right, let me give you another thinker. Very quick. Brandless. it. This was a company that was— Direct to consumer goods, labelist products. Uh, uh, a lot of people who use the products think they were very good. That was one issue. But you know, most of these branded products are just made in the same factory, essentially. Um, so, what does it tell us about this? What do you think about brandless itself? Just closing it just doesn't work. People don't want to buy that way.
1: Well, so some of the com- some of the most underrated companies in the world. Uh, I've worked very closely with P&G and Unilever. Mm-hmm. These are extraordinarily innovative companies. I mean, people don't people don't understand how difficult it is to manufacture a good razor, a good diaper or a Tide Pod. Mm-hmm. And their ability to balance capital allocation across media, packaging, retailer relationships. I mean, this, just, this shit is hard. And they do a fantastic yeah. job. And they're also amazing yeah. at retaining or attracting and retaining some of the best human capital in the world. They just get, yep, they get very talented people. And the notion that it was kind of a cute idea where, oh, we don't need a brand. We'll focus on the product. But you're right. The pro- it's like, okay, we have a marginal product but a mediocre brand. That just doesn't cut it, right? And then you have. No,
0: it wasn't. It wasn't so much better. It wasn't like, oh my God, these chips are so good. Yeah. And I don't think people think that way. You're right. I agree. And by the way, let me just say I had an experience with that with Nabisco, a division of Mondelez, which they have like a a 14 stuff Oreo that my son and I bought. And then there was a great Tic Tac on it. But these Oreos had like so much stuff inside, like whatever that white stuff is. And I have to say, I was like, this is so innovative. We had to buy it, and we had to eat it, and then we had to regret it. It was fascinating. It was a fascinating moment. The the
1: CPG guys are are strikingly innovative. They just don't attract cheap capital, and obviously it's a difficult business uh, to— you can only scale that business 6 to 8%, but PG has actually been a pretty good performer over the yeah. last 24 months Agreed. in of, Agreed. Agreed. I style. think it's harder
0: than you think. And this, I thought it was a cute idea, but wasn't going to go anywhere, too. Um, so last one, another exit at Google. Uh, Eileen Naughton, uh, the longtime head of Google's HR. She used to work at Time Magazine by the time, Inc. stepped down this week. She was a key figure at the company during Google walkouts, another internal strategy the company. Been there a long time. She was in advertising. I met her a long million years ago. She's the fourth big player to exit Google in the last few months. Larry and Sergey left Alphabet in December. Uh, the founders, David Drummond, the legal officer, left in January. I had talked about some of these exits in a recent episode of Pivot uh, about this cleanup. Let's roll take. You know, I think what's happening is Sundar Pichai, who has been the one to move in and clean some of this up. You can yeah. see his sort of invisible hand everywhere. What he's trying to do is clean it up quietly because he's a good guy and he's mm-hmm. actually, you know, and move it away and move Google into the next era. All right. So, what wait, do you wait, think wait, about hold this? On, hold on, Hold
1: on. Hold on. We're now what? playing old clips of pivot on pivot.
0: Yes, we do that all the time. We will do we do your Oh my god. Change. Talk
1: about shavings of shit on a shit salad. Oh my Jesus god. Listen. Christ. Don't
0: get jealous. At Don't least get jealous. Pre- I'm a brilliant. Oh person. my god. Listen. I We're want you to talk about Google.
1: A few things you got right. Oh my like, god. Oh, oh, really? remember? Are you going there? Are you going there? Are really? oh my right. God.
0: <laughs> you go- That's how desperate we
1: become for affirmation. No.
0: No, oh no, we have God. not. Oh, my God. Move Remember along, Remember when guys. I said Goodness this smart
1: sake. thing two years ago? Let's play that. No, it
0: wasn't two years ago. That was recently. Anyway, <laughs> oh will you please comment God. on this? Don't be trying to attack me. I don't even—what are, are we talking about again? We're talking uh, about Google, what's going on there, the executives. This is. A, these are a lot uh, of executives. You know,
1: you're going to forget more about this than I'm ever going to know. I don't know these people. I don't know what it means. I don't know who she is. What, what are your thoughts on it? I, 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 uh, I, I think have nothing to say I here. think
0: it's fascinating. These are major figures that have been moved out of Google. The old Google is, go- is going. And so it's interesting to see who he puts in place and what's going to run. They face a lot of challenges. Um, you know, they had this penalty. Google's in the EU for a three-day hearing. Um, they're fighting a penalty they got. They've got, uh, they've got all kinds of issues that they need to battle at the same time. They've been doing a really interesting job on marketing and trying to sort of, as opposed to Facebook, which is coming at things really hard, they're coming at things in a softer way, which is interesting. Um, then they face these antitrust issues, the FTC ordering uh, these special orders for these companies. Um, for Google, Amazon, Apple, and Facebook, and Microsoft, which you referred to, which is looking at the small mergers. Um, so I think they really need a better team there to face what's what are some real big problems coming up.
1: Well, it goes back to what we just referenced, and that is the kind of the, the algorithm in DC is go there, work your ass off, and try uh, and leave with your reputation somewhat intact and then go monetize the influence and contacts you have. And I don't, yeah. it's not, it sounds gross. That's the way the game is played. And I don't, I don't resent their ability. Everyone deserves to make a living. They work really hard. I am i think it's a good thing they go on to make it. Now, should it be a revolving door into lobbyists? Probably not. But anyways, that's the algorithm there. The algorithm in, in big tech, quite frankly, is now just try and save your reputation and get out with your money, right? Because they make a ton of money while they're there. I mean, as an example, what would David Drummond give? Would he give up $50 million to have left 24 months ago? I mean, most of these guys, they, mm-hmm. they, they're they doing the math. They're like, okay, I'm starting to take heat in incoming, and some of it is yeah. warranted. I'm just going to get out of Dodge because yeah. there are a ton of tech executives who think, you know what? I wished I'd left 12 or 24 months ago before the New York Times, someone started deciding, I know, uh, Pulitzer slash ruin this person's life slash dig deeper and I keep finding more ugly shit. So uh, I think you're going to see a lot of these guys say, you know, I have 30, 50, 80 million dollars. Peace the fuck out. The algorithm algorithm for happiness, Kara, is to be anonymous and rich.
0: That's what i was saying. This is your new thing. Your new thing. And now we will announce Scott will be leaving, be quietly spending his money in
1: the Peace malls. out. Word. Drop the mic. <laughs> that dog is leaving the building.
0: This is your thematic thing. I, this is your thematic thing.
1: There's a dignity to leaving the stage when people are clapping.
0: Oh, that's true. That's a fair point. Well, who? I wonder who's going to be out next at Google. It's interesting. I think you're going to see, you're absolutely right, you are going to see a lot of departures at some of these companies. Do you think Schoenberg are leaving? May, Maybe not—I don't know. Maybe not as much at Amazon, and uh, I was just going to say Facebook is going to be less leaving because, look, Jeff's had those executives in there for 17, 20 years, whatever. They don't leave, those top executives. And and Facebook has an unusual amount of people who were there from the early days, um, except for the companies they bought. And so, you there's know, it, it'll be interesting. And Apple. Apple, the same executives. So, and but Microsoft. There's, there's a difference, though, a
1: because, because right. uh, uh, Amazon and to, to a similar extent Apple— They don't appear to have the kind of fraternity culture they had at Google, which is rearing its ugly head. They don't have – they're not – you know, Prime isn't depressing teens. Um, Apple Apple has not been weaponized by the GRU. I mean it's just an entirely different level of scandal waiting to blow up in your face at Google and Facebook. And also the value accretion there has been – Um, so dramatic that a lot of these guys are like, okay, I'm I'm the VP of communications for Facebook and I've made 20 million bucks and people are starting to recognize that me roaming the world saying, we want to give voice to the unheard when there's absolutely nothing in my background that would in any way indicate I give a flying fuck about the First Amendment and I'm using this as cloud cover such that we continue to have technology where Indians are pulled out of their cars and hanged because of a rumor spread on WhatsApp, and our response is to yes. refuse to hand over information. We're just going to run some newspaper ads. You know, there might be some bad press on me, and I have right. a bunch of money. I? I like I like it when I drop off my kids at school and people don't point at me and refuse to have dinner with me. I'd like to keep it that way. Yeah. So these yeah. people are smart. They're getting it. They're, they're peacing care? out. They're piecing, they're piecing out. out. And you know
0: what they're going to do? Then they're going to take their money and go to Hollywood and have it stolen from them.
1: Hundred percent. Hundred percent.
0: We're going to take. See, see how I brought that around. See what a brilliant person I am. Let's anyway. play
1: it again on the next pivot.
0: <laughs> oh, you know what? You know
1: what? Listen, oh my God!
0: You take so many frigging laps around the around the. the dog just oh, no, like to
1: scratch himself? The dog just like to put not his. Not
0: le- even begin to dignify your. The dog just like to put his leg me. back
1: and lick himself. I know why? spent the morning arguing about can. laundry
0: with my two sons. I am not going to put up with it. From you. you no. Can. No. I already handled the Swisher Boys this morning. You are going to be handled. Anyway, we're going to have a quick break. We'll be right back with listener mail and wins and fails and predictions. Scott? Yeah. Yep. Listen to me. Okay. We need to see a therapist together, a couples therapist. Listen to me. Listener mail, let's dig into the listener mail bag.
1: Okay. Go ahead, tape. You got, you got, I can't believe I'm gonna be a mailman. You you got mail.
0: Hey, Kara and Scott. This is Usme from New York City. I'm a part time yoga teacher and have first hand knowledge of yoga studio economics. Last month, ClassPass hit the $1 billion valuation mark, making it the first unicorn of the new decade. I've heard studio owners complain that ClassPass doesn't pay enough per student, which they don't understand since it's a billion dollar company. Does ClassPass have a sustainable business model? Do you think the bubble is ready to burst? And what does this tell us about the fitness industry disruptors in general? Thanks. So Scott, what do you think about this? this is, I've heard a lot about that. I've gotten a lot of emails about ClassPass. This is this reminds me a little bit of Groupon and some others. Like yeah. what 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 the valuation people are getting out of it. But there is a lot of disruption in the fitness industry. There's you know not just ClassPass, but uh, Peloton, Mirror, Rumble, Orange Theory. Um, what what do you think about this whole the whole fitness space?
1: Well, first, inform- it's always been
0: individualized before.
1: ClassPass is really interesting. I wouldn't have bet on ClassPass, but if you look at the dynamics of the industry, there's a ton of suppliers that are very fragmented and are so desperate for new customers that if you can create a middleman platform, if you can can become the app store, if you can become the search engine that basically influences where people go, you're just going to have a lot of power. Now, I don't know what's sustainable about ClassPass. I don't understand the business that well, but a billion-dollar market cap for... ClassPass, and also I think I need to disclose, I think it's backed by my backers, General Catalyst. I think that's one Mm -hmm. of our winners. Um, So I bet it seems like an industry where someone could insert themselves and take advantage of the fragmentation and what I'll loosely call the artisanal sweating industry, where there's a lot of individual players that are probably not great at using technology to acquire customers. What are your thoughts? Yeah,
0: there was was a really good piece in Vice this uh, last week by... um, Maxwell, I think Strachan uh, said the, the headline is ClassPass is squeezing studios to the point of death. The first billion-dollar unicorn of the decade says it's saving the fitness industry. Some uh, of its own studio partners insist it's doing the exact opposite. So I think you're going to get a push-pull here because you're right. These these are usually individual operators, and right. there have now there's now a lot of more chains. There always were chains, but with Rumble, Orange Theory, SoulCycle, etc. So there's more of this chain thing where people it's almost like the McDonald's method of of fitness. So you're going to see that happening and then this at-home stuff that's going on with Peloton, Mirror and yeah. others. And then these these most of these studios I've noticed a lot of the bike studios they've closed. You know, I bought a pair of shoes off of a bike studio that was closing in New York at one point because you know, you can't you can't attract enough. You can't do enough marketing to get people to come. And so yeah. people if they can rely on a SoulCycle or a what Orange Theory or whatever, they kind of do it, right? And so you do have this idea of this this class pass is going to save me by helping with marketing or getting me customers regularly but then they're going to get squeezed no matter how you you know what i mean like squoze. that's the problem that's is they're there's, there's there's bigger things happening here in the industry where there's consolidation among people wanting to get in 35 minutes and that's it right you know what i mean i want to do my 35 minute workout when they want to do and
1: it when yeah, they want, when to, they do want it. to do it yeah. in this yeah. so, pass
0: and also go into these classes which are super organized i find them like orange theory i go to now it's, like, easy, and it, it it's regular, and it makes sense, and I don't—I could probably do it. I mean, I have been going to the Y, too, but it's really—it's a real problematic for all these companies, I think. No, orange so theory, to, it's,
1: it's interesting you've gone to Orange Theory, now. I like Orange Theory, too, because I, I find CrossFit's too intense for me. So I've downgraded to, like, the non-carbonated CrossFit, which is Orange Theory. But the metaphor here is movie theaters, and that is— the home experience, so they did some innovation, but the majority of gyms really haven't changed that much. New York Sports Club or LA Fitness or whatever you want to call it, the majority of workout establishments have not really innovated. Meanwhile, the home the home fitness industry has innovated dramatically, similar to the way your TV viewing experience has just exploded in value, but movie theaters really haven't innovated. And as yeah. a result, fewer people are going yep. to the movies and more people are watching Game of Thrones at home and the sad part yeah. about it is that slowly but surely all the places we went and occasionally saw someone from a different income level or a different ethnicity or a different yes. age we're slowly but surely casting segmenting and segregating ourselves out of community places like movie theaters right. like gym and it creates a lot a lack of empathy it creates fear to be around people who don't have the same background as you and it's an un it's an un- unhealthy been a trend. Lot of-
0: Writing about this, there was a great place we shouldn't get our avocados delivered to us. You know, there was. We should in go the go to the time. store. Was really, yeah, yeah. You go to the store. This was. There's this a big theme. I think it's. I think it could be your next book, Scott Galloway. I know algorithms Al- have been just focusing on this community aspect of of that. And uh, you know, David Brooks was. I'm not always the hugest fan of him. Did write a very good story in the Atlantic about. I think it was probably his next book about. um, uh, people, the, the nuclear family, the loneliness, essentially, the nuclear family and how it's fallen apart. Same themes. But in terms of ClassPass, story in, in, in Vice, which I urge you to read, it, one of the owners of a yoga and Pilates studio in San Francisco called The Pad said, ClassPass continually tries to take more and more control of our business. What their latest iteration it is now crystal clear it is no longer financially viable for us to continue the partnership um, so they pull themselves, and so I think that's this. The, the, as I said, the scrozeness of it is really hard for these partner studios um, because you know ClassPass wants to get these discounts, and at the same time, these businesses need to stay in business. And uh, the rates, the rates don't work, and so you ruin the you 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 take away the relationship with the customer that these small studios have. Um, and hand it over to someone like ClassPass. But the, it's inevitable. What's happened with ClassPass is whether it's you go to Orange Theory or Rumble, I think people find it much easier and it's the way they want to work out. Um, so, that unfortunately for these small studios, I think there's no winning in, in general.
1: So that's It's the, a very difficult industry where we let mm-hmm. the bigger players have access to cheaper capital, figure out a way to pay lower taxes, and there's an accretion to scale such that the little guys who traditionally have been the biggest job. You know, job Mm -hmm. creators have just a tough time. It used to be 15% of all businesses were less than a year old. The yoga studio across Mm -hmm. from me, Y7, which is this wonderful little little studio. Mm -hmm. They have three locations. What happens when class passes? raises 30, 40, 50 million bucks and starts finding all the yoga enthusiasts and slowly but surely starches all the margin in exchange for a yeah. short-term sugar high of sending some people to your four o'clock class. It's yeah, no different yeah. than Google getting in between yeah. manufacturers, brand. I mean, it's fine if there's a bunch of them, such that there's competition on all sides. A place that hasn't worked is the tech guys tried to roll up and SoftBank tried to roll up food delivery, right? And there's so yeah. many players in there and there's so few, there's so... um There's so few uh, uh, barriers of entry that the suppliers, the end suppliers have all the power. And so they've not only not seen margin compression, they've seen margin expansion because Uber shows up or some of them show up, actually not Uber, but a couple of them showed up and said, we'll pay you. We'll give you more to deliver your $11 burrito in an attempt yeah. to steal market share. So, yeah. the dynamics, it's all about, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, it, it takes me back to Christina Romer when I was a graduate student instructor for her class in business school around economics. By the way, I just dropped that to try and signal that I have, I'm smarter than I am. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know who I have? Oh, my God, you're going off on a tangent. Finish your point. So, Carol, what? I had a chance uh, to meet with a hero of mine, Chancellor Carol Christ, who is a warrior. For lower-income households, uh, where she will graduate more kids from lower-income households, than the entire Ivy League combined, and you meet with the chancellor, and she does exactly what she's supposed to do. You're so inspired by her substance and her commitment to young people that you want to get involved and look back and nod to the University of California taxpayers. But I'm just inspired by the chancellor and am just feel you know feel so fortunate. Any graduate of the University of California feels so. So fortunate to have a warrior like that looking out for the interests of future, our future uh, uh, University of California graduates. So that was a real thrill for me.
0: I should have her to code. I may invite her to code. She She's is so such impressive. a
1: gangster, such an impressive gangster. woman. We are Agreed. so fortunate, all of us at the University of California and right, generally— uh, Back uh,
0: to class pass. All right, anyway. I'm so sorry. You anyways, were saying
1: Chancellor so- Christ. Back okay. to class, pass. So, we'll see. So I don't
0: know. I think, I, I do think there's secular trends in how people like to work out. They didn't like, you know, going to gyms and wandering around is not what people like. And so a lot of those businesses fell apart. You paid your $40. Now, if you can I go to these classes, to Equinox, get it, The
1: people that are so ridiculously hot. I'm like, oh, my God, look I, how I hot that guy, that guy is. But
0: money people just want to get in, get out. And that's yeah. why those other companies. And so it's very difficult for these business, small businesses to keep competing and hold on to the relationship with the customer. Anyway, wins and fails. Would you like to go first?
1: You go first.
0: I would um, say—I was going to say Jay Carney's meltdown on Twitter was that. But I do think the win for the FTC um, in terms of doing uh, these—I have a column coming on The Times about this. But in terms of—I don't know if they can pull it off, but studying the small companies where you don't know about what they're doing, I think, is critical. What they're doing, this sort of block-and-tackle investigation, is they calling it a study and a review into these small companies. And I like that that was zero to five— I mean, 5-0, to excuse me, was unanimous by the commission. And they do understand—they're starting to understand the the insidious nature of these big companies buying up all these small companies that you don't know about for feature set and things like that. And sort of—I talk about this something called killer acquisition, which is they do it sometimes for talent. They do it sometimes because they need a feature help. And in a lot of cases, they do it so they don't have a competitor. And so I like that the—I think it's a win for the FTC. I don't think they're well-funded. They just have $330 million, and they have 1,100 people fighting all these people— Including the other things they have to cover, um, so I I, I was uh, I was very much uh, I was happy that they did this. And then a uh, a fail I think is um, is is Bill, Bill Barr again once yeah. again already low standards for an attorney general, and he's managed to go below them. Um, and this is problematic and has repercussions. And I know everyone says they never have repercussions, but I think the karma is just building here. With every, all of them. They're just overreaching in every single way, including I'm sorry Rush Limbaugh has the cancer, but I'm not sorry he's still a fucking asshole. He attacked Pete Buttigieg in a really repulsive, homophobic way. And, uh, you know, him getting the Medal of Freedom at the same week when he's just making these just horrible comments I haven't heard since the 1980s. I didn't um, hear those. You can know, you repeat those just so, so we can shame I don't him. want to repeat them. Either just, that he can—he's he, the man Donald Trump will take care of him, the gay, essentially. It was just gross. And he calls <laughs> him boot, booty, booty, jee or like he He's gross. He is a gross man, and his yeah. legacy is grossness. And, again, sorry he has cancer, but, man, is he just an awful human being. Just an awful human being. So—
1: Okay. So along along the lines of your win, I um, I couldn't, uh, you know, word my sister, because if we wanted the best investment we could make in our economy over the next 10 to 30 years, I mean, to and get, get staggering return on investment would be to take uh, the FTC and the DOJ and triple their budget and say, your job is to go across the most productive parts of our economy. And I'm not just talking about big tech. I'm talking about yeah, hundreds, All hundreds of it. consolidation, of and and go in there and oxygenate it, and go in there and say mm-hmm. what what companies have flown under the radar, whether it's in textiles, whether it's rolling up, rolling up rubber placemats, and say what industries have used a series of, of of size, scale, and what's called killer acquisitions, where you acquire a company, and if it does great on its own, fine, but if it goes out of business, you cauterize. That that competitor, you make all the executives who are the most talented, upstart, risk-taking uh, human capital in that sector sign onerous non-competes and non-solicits. Thereby, not only not only ensuring that company won't survive, but basically you take all the players out of that industry. It's like if if the NFL, if a team said, "Okay, if you leave us." Um, you can't play for anybody else. And one team would just emerge and soak up everything. So the most oxygenating, longest-term job creation thing we could do right now would be to overfund the FTC, mm-hmm. DOJ, Agreed. and 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 literally let them go unchained. Anyway, my win is India and the United Kingdom uh, respectively have— uh, looks like they're going to pass legislation where India is going to demand that Facebook— um, cooperate with the government, which is means that they're saying you can't encrypt your backbone. And I recognize there's a downside and there's some risks here. But yeah,
0: and unfortunately,
1: right. we're not playing this clip. But remember when I predicted mm-hmm. several months ago <laughs> that Facebook would be banned from a country? Yeah. I think Facebook is going to be banned uh, from India because I think Facebook uh-huh. is going to say, "Look, our primary, we're gangster." Mark Zuckerberg has struck a very brazen posture. WhatsApp is huge over there, but doesn't produce any revenue. He's just not going to make an exception and start handing over information such that when those uh, 11 men were pulled out of cars and hanged because of false rumors that had gone like wildfire on WhatsApp, Facebook refused to hand over the identities or the sources of those rumors. They refused to cooperate. Uh-huh. Instead, That's ran right. some newspaper ads saying, "Don't pe- pull people out of cars and hang them," which I'm sure solved the problem. Yeah. But, and anyways, that India. That said,
0: his his the person against him, Modi, is really an autocrat. Come on, he's and he's pulling all kinds of racial problems in India, p- p- pushing them up for his own political gain. So it's a complicated situation, no right doubt. Things, and yeah. I
1: think there's I think there's real downside. But I think yeah. uh, I'm just saying. I think India's had. I think India and the UK, and the UK has announced now. That the senior level executives for Facebook are like gonna of uh, any other company gonna start to be liable for the damage they cause? Yeah. In other words, yeah, sort I of think almost-
0: England is more interesting, I find, because I yeah. think they are they've been very thoughtful, I think, in, in Europe and much more so though though Facebook. But I, I think the brazen word you just use is absolutely true. I just um, I'm about to interview Stephen Levy, who's written. He had inside, inside access to Facebook. They cooperated with him on his book called "Inside Facebook" or, or "Facebook: The Inside Story." Um, it's an interesting read. I think it's slightly too kind, quite a lot too kind. But uh, there, there, the, what what does come through, whether Stephen means it or not, is this brazenness throughout his career, throughout his career since the beginning. And it mm-hmm. wasn't that he was young and, and arrogant. It is a it is a hallmark. Of uh, I had forgotten so much uh, about the early history of Facebook. Um but the brazen is exactly the right word. I think you chosen well,
1: Scott. I Kale. think there's a reason he and Trump get along. I think they both yeah. respect each other as autocrats and people who never give up, and quite frankly have this kind of, I'm want to call it psycho sociopathic element, where they really don't care what other people think of them. they don't they don't care yeah. about their place in the world. They don't they look outside the window and they see themselves. Yeah. It was uh, there
0: there was a scene in this book, which again, I don't think it's even meant to show this through, but he was walking across the street and this guy, um, Joe Green, who was one of his roommates or in his in his whatever, his house in at Harvard. And he was walking across the street and he just walked, even if he got hit, and someone was like, he feels his confidence, even then, his confidence shield will protect him. Like uh, you know what I mean? Like he didn't and it was a small little moment I was like, oh, yes, I I've seen that and it's really it's a I, I not not i think people should be confident but it was really the entire book so far is all about fuck you like mm-hmm. it's all about fuck you and so i agree with you it's really he's really he's going to brazen it out it works for a lot of people i'll tell you that
1: you also had my or tangentially you had my loss yeah. i don't understand how i just don't understand how people work so hard Make so many personal sacrifices, including oftentimes their own kind of integrity, such they can get elected to office. And what what do these people do in elected office for the most part? If they're if they go to DC, they're there to make laws. Mm-hmm. And so if you have one branch of government, the executive branch has decided these laws are just convenient when they work for them or they don't work for them and they're starting to interfere in sentencing. Then right. why why the fuck do we have senators? And so I don't understand yeah. the tautology of a Republican senator, the thought process who's going to put up with that. I would I would have thought this would be the red They've line. Said
0: nothing. Well, not the Democrats, not the Democrats. But not a single
1: Republican. They've all said there's the same three or four people who have moderate voters who are so horny for the election. They're
0: disappointed in him.
1: Yeah, they want to get credit. They won't actually do anything, but they want to be seen as thoughtful and say, oh, I think he's learned from his impeachment. Yeah, Senator Collins, he's definitely learned. He's a change man. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. I, that that is. I think that is really uh, uh, Attorney General Barr deciding that he he is no longer Attorney General. The Republican senators deciding that the laws they made are not really laws. It's very um. It's really chilling, and we keep yeah. saying well, it's this. Co- it's- it's
0: culpability. I mean, and everyone—and, you know, look, Larry Ellison's about to throw a big fundraiser for uh, Trump. In, well, that's in, okay. Uh, you Austin and I disagree Trump.
1: with that. Why is that yeah, I know. Okay. You, you, I get you,
0: it. You, I just, I'm just telling you, people just move along. They right. just literally—I got mine. I'm talking yeah. about a larger thing. And, and yeah. I, they give lip service to this, uh, everyone's great. But then I, I'm. it's very disappointing. Leaders don't actually say leadership things. They just really just— Oh, you know, by the way, you know really really who's
1: number three in the latest Quinnipiac poll? Is that now at 15%? Mm-hmm.
0: Amy? Klobuchar? Uh,
1: nope. No. My man.
0: Oh, Bloomberg. 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 Oh, your man. Yeah, he's moving up. And by the way, let, let's just finish, but he did an excellent job on the memes thing. Another great digital move by them. They're very, uh, you know, the, the whole top and frisk thing was not great uh, with what happened, him trying to explain it. And, you know, he's he's quite conservative in many ways. Um, and and the, that was the top and frisk was he's got to answer better. He just has to. Um, but, and it, they're, they're inadequate answers, but you're right. He's, this money is working and he, he's spending it and it's, it seems to be having an impact. And as the, as the, as the parties, um, uh, bifurcate, uh, in terms of left and, and center, essentially, um, it's going to be something to watch. Some, he might come right up the middle. So sort
1: of. I'm telling you, I mean, we talked about this, this thing about predictions is when you get them right, they don't seem that impressive because a series no. of events between the prediction and what, how it plays out make it more and more obvious, but it is all falling into place for him because Bernie yeah. is way ahead in the Democratic – in the poll. If And, and Democrats are going to realize that if we're to end up being Sanders versus Trump, effectively the entire election would be cast by the Republicans effectively as socialism versus capitalism and capitalism yeah. would win. And. Yeah. And then you have Klobuchar is probably—she's got the most momentum right now. And mm-hmm. Biden and Elizabeth Warren have the most negative momentum. Fading. And you're going to see Elizabeth Warren radically go on the attack against Trump personally, which is her raising her hand to be did. the vice president and the attack dog for yeah, becomes the presidential nominee. She just did, she
0: just did. In- impeachment. You're right. You're what, now, that is absolutely what she did. Sh-
1: she's now running for vice president because the vice president's role is to be the attack dog, and she is an outstanding— Standing. Standing
0: attack outstanding, dog. Standing. Um, Except for you, Scott Galloway, who has woof! not been as nice as you could be to me this week. When I make a good prediction, you should give me a pat on the head.
1: Now That's I'm gonna right. bite you because I'm a cat. I'll are you, are you upset? I am here for you. No. I am right, here I'm for hurt. you.
0: I need my ears rubbed. I feel like I need my ears rubbed.
1: That got so yeah. much play. That got it so did. much play, the whole Bankoff coming over geography questions. Even Bankoff yeah. texted me. Oh, I like dear. this. So few you of us are in touch with our emotions, Kara, like you and me. Yeah. so few of us, yeah,
0: I will be temporarily hurt, and then I will plot revenge. That's really how I work. anyway, Scott,
1: we're Cara. not uh,
0: for anyone not producing a bi-weekly news podcast, it's a three day weekend. What are you doing this weekend? And by the way, we will be back Monday. So just Forget it for you. What are you doing? What are I'm you excited. Doing
1: I have this uh, this wonderful Argentinian friend, and he's celebrating uh, their uh, wonderful story. They're immigrants came from Argentina, and they 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 are wonderful people with wonderful kids. And he has an entire he's built and this is what Argentinians do, I guess. He bought a house and immediately set about building not a garage, but basically what is a meat cave where he makes oh. meat. <laughs> And he oh, invites no. people over to make to oh, eat no, no, his incredible no. Argentinian Good, beef in his lovely. beef cave. I'm doing that tonight. Oh,
0: you're going I to got, a beef cave. I'm going to a
1: beef cave tonight. <laughs> um, I
0: need a photo from the beef cave.
1: Oh my gosh. It, it's, I need it's a photo from the Argentinian beef cave. And then yeah. I have unfortunately I have a soccer tournament. It's really terrible. My oh, son yeah. is upticked in his athletic ability. It's Ugh, just the worst thing I, in the yeah. world. Palm Beach Gardens. La season starts. Here I come. My friend,
0: lacrosse season starts. It is my—I literally—and I'm not allowed to look at my phone during the entire process, and it's just agonizing.
1: I know yeah, it's rough.
0: Anyway, um, uh, I will be doing my children's laundry all weekend. Anyway, um, code's coming up, Kara.
1: Codes. Code's coming we up. We got a
0: lot of things, a lot of stuff. You're going to be a big part of it, Scott Galloway. You're, are you, saying, are be you good. just
1: teasing me? When you say big, how big? No, like, you are. Like I have some Jedi more big names
0: coming. More big names. Jedi I cannot say okay. who I'm talking to, but there's some ones that you will like quite a bit besides the ones I already got that were quite good. I like it. All right. I like it. It's going to be good. I actually like that idea. Oh, God, the woman, if I have another space, I don't have space, but uh, the, uh, the woman from Berkeley is a great idea. That's a great idea. Anyway, Chancellor Chris. Thank you so much.
1: Good. Thank you, Kara. Have a great weekend.
0: All right. Remember, we love your questions. If you have a question about a story you're hearing in the news, email us at pivot at voxmedia.com to be featured on the show. Scott, please read the
1: credits. Today's episode was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Our executive producer is Erica Anderson. And special thanks to Drew Burrows and Rebecca Castro. If you like what you heard, please download our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe. Please recommend it to a friend and join us early next week for a breakdown of all things tech and business.